You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Okay, our first podcast of the week, you can actually believe that. Uh, Feels like an extended weekend, uh, but Monday was, for those that don't know, Monday, you got Room 101, so that was new to some listeners. We put that out on our Telegram channel last Saturday, but it was a carryover that we said we were going to air a couple of days later on all of our regular channels. So that was out. We were ready to go yesterday, (laughs) and about, uh, wouldn't you know it, about 20 minutes before... I look out my window and I see the sky off in the distance in one direction. I see it getting black. And then I see the other side of this. I look the other direction and it was like this reddish turning green color. And both of these storm fronts were headed to each other. And I thought, oh, God, that's not good. And so I thought, all right, this is a great opportunity for me to open up all the windows in the house. You know, temperature starting to drop (laughs) because it was blazing hot all day long. And I was actually just in the pool like 20 minutes before that. And I thought, okay, it's cooling down really fast. I'll open the windows up for a little bit. There's going to be a nice rain come through here. And yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be really nice. I'll cool it down. It'll be okay. And uh, yeah, it didn't didn't quite turn out that way. Um, So I'm I'm sitting here and it's not uncommon to get hailstorms. You know, that's not uncommon. However, it's a little uncommon this late in the summer. Usually you get those in early spring uh, at the start of tornado season. But this time around, it was something completely different. I'm laying down on the couch because I like to relax about 20 minutes before we start, right? Just kind of clear my head and then we sit down and we go. And as I'm laying there, I've got all the windows open. I got the doors open and everything else and, you know, screen doors, windows and everything. And I, and I got all this cool air blowing through and it's really nice. It's just nice and relaxing. But I can hear the wind picking up outside and I hear something off that's outside. I'm like, all right, I know what wind sounds like, obviously. I mean, I come from the mid-Ohio Valley natively. And Bruce, you, you're from the Midwest, albeit further south. You're down in Tornado Alley. You know what wind outside sounds like? What it's like brushing yeah. up against the trees and the, uh, the leaves and all the rest of it. But this was different. Sometimes you can hear rain coming as well. You'll hear it off in the distance. And you can just hear it coming towards you because it's hitting all of the structures and all of the uh, the, the trees and everything else. And it's, it's coming your, your way. You can hear it. But that's not what this was. And even so, you can hear hail sometimes. Sounds almost like static off in the distance. And then it gets more intense as it gets towards you. This was something completely different. I mean, this was it was like static, but it was very low pitch. It, it almost had like a rumble to it. And I thought, I'm just standing there and I've got my head out the window and I'm like, something's not right. Something is really not right. And about... Three to four minutes later, it became apparent what was not right. I start seeing chunks that were a little bit bigger than golf balls come down. And when I say come down, I'm talking about I'm watching out in my my backyard. I've got a swimming pool out there and it's hitting the swimming pool. And there's splashes like two and a half to three feet coming off this thing. That's how big these chunks are. And I sent you the photos, Bruce. My my backyard was covered in ice, in in these massive hailstones and, and ice. I thought it was going to smash through a couple of my skylights. Thank God it didn't do that. I don't know how it didn't do that. But my outdoor dining area, completely destroyed. Looks like Swiss cheese. Took the roof right off of that. I mean, it cut cut through that thing like a hot knife through butter. Completely gone. So that was damaged. I have not had a chance today to get up on my roof and examine my solar panels because wouldn't you know it, as I was about to do that, another storm comes through, albeit it wasn't as bad. But it was lightning and storming until like 12 30 one o'clock in the morning last night so even so there was no way that i was uh, that i was able to to get on here and do this just for the sheer fact of all this recording equipment and, and everything else we've got around here i'm not taking the chance to have that all this stuff just fried because there's too much money involved with it so i'm not going to do that then we won't be able to podcast at all so there's really no point take a rerun rebroadcast from yesterday that's a band-aid for a day fine 
And there was another reason that I wasn't able to make it last night, but I'll get into that in a minute. But you said you had some strong stuff moving through your area. Did uh, did you get hit? Uh, we, we did have some strong stuff move through here. Uh, it was stronger here a few days ago. We had some really strong winds, uh, you know, blew a few branches down, you know, nothing, nothing real serious, no hail or any of that kind of stuff. A little bit of lightning, thunder. Um, but then after that, we've had multiple days of just, just normal rains, like drizzles, you know, some nice distant thunder, the kind of thunderstorms I remember growing up as a kid during the summer, you know, it kind of gets cooled off a bit and nice steady rains, you know, so nothing, nothing severe like yours. Uh, but, um, in, in our immediate area, I think some other places had some more severe stuff than we did hail. Um, I think some small tornadoes, but yeah, not, nothing major here. Well, no tornadoes, thank goodness. But uh, honestly, I would have, I, I almost wished, <laughs> I almost think that the tornado would have done less damage than all that hail. I mean, there's this entire, this entire end of town was crawling today with insurance adjusters. You wouldn't believe it. I mean, <laughs> there were people out everywhere examining cars and, and everything else. I mean, that was some serious hail. I've never, in all my days, I've never seen hailstones that big. Personally, I've never seen them that big. I've only ever seen hailstones that size in like movies or something. I've only ever seen them that big uh, in, you know, uh, like tornado places or something. But uh, that's that's about it. That's about it. Usually that doesn't happen here at all. Uh, but that, that was uh, that was quite something. Same in this area. We, we don't usually see uh, the places that I've lived. We don't usually see golf ball sized hail. Um, but uh areas around us within like 10, 15 minutes, they do. Uh, and I've actually 30 minutes away, I've seen places have um, baseball sized. So, I mean, you know, all around us, we've seen that, but we kind of live in this little bowl, if you will, depression. So it's uh, um, as far as landmass, not actual depression as in like I was gonna say, finance. You're talking about a, talking yeah. about a dust bowl or a <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, great yeah, depression reference there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I don't know if you come from the richer part of the country to come here, I guess you would think it was a depression, but you know, uh, no. <laughs> well, the richer parts of the country over there are going broke. The other reason I wasn't able to come on last night, you're not going to believe this. This is COVID related, if you can believe that. So as I'm sitting here assessing the damage, taking photos for the insurance, the neighbor who's visiting from South America comes out of their house, slips and falls on the ice older person over 60 right slips and falls on the ice is bleeding profusely so i run over there obviously to, to help and everything and you know get bleeding under control i grab all my i grab my first aid kit and everything else i got compresses i got gauze i got sterile i mean i got it all at you know i'm out there all rubber gloved up and everything and i'm i'm tending to this person well i finally get the bleeding under control and i can actually get a good look at the wound and it's literally from right underneath the because they when they when he came down it, it just split. It was right underneath the wrist all the way down to the elbow. And it was like a quarter inch split all the way down. And I can see like part of the muscle down here towards like the meat of the, the forearm right next to the elbow. And I'm like, all right, you might need to go to the hospital, right? Call the hospital. Um, yeah, uh, might need to get somebody in down there to uh, to have have somebody at the emergency services look at him for the uh, the stitches. Oh, um, OK. Uh, the problem is, is that they're in they're in a quarantine at the moment, 14 day quarantine, you know, coming in from South America. Uh, OK. Yeah, we, we can't take them. OK. Can you send around a paramedic? No, no, we can't do that. No, we, we can't send around an ambulance to, to look at them or anything like that. No, we, we can't do that either. OK. What can you do? Well, how bad's the wound? I just told you it's probably going to need stitches. OK. Do you have the bleeding under control? Uh, you know, thank God that I know some first aid. Thank God that I that, that I know how to do some of this stuff and stop bleeding and, and dress wounds and all that stuff. Thank God I know how to do that. Thank God I had all the stuff on hand to do it. And I said, what are the options here? Well, they'll send a doctor around. They'll send a call out for a doctor to come around. Okay, fine, fine, right? If you can't send a paramedic, fine. Send a doctor around, great. When's the last time you heard of a doctor making a home visit, right? Maybe that's a good thing. You would think, right? Oh, no, 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 no. Listen to this. So doctor comes around almost two hours later. Rings the door, has to wear a mask outside, looks at the wound, says, yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, what kind of variants you, are you all dealing with down in uh, down in South America? And, and I'm just I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm scratching my head and and he's like, OK, thanks. Have a nice night. And off he goes. What the hell good are you? What good are you? I'm, I'm the one that's actually over there cleaning and dressing that thing every day now to make sure that that thing does that. No talk about uh, keeping it clean. No talk about even having it addressed. 
Nothing. Oh, yeah, it looks pretty bad. What are you guys dealing with down in South America? What kind of variants do you have down there? This is a doctor. Now, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical person or anything like that. I just know basic first aid skills because I was I was a scout growing up. It was just kind of a common thing growing up. So here's a supposed doctor who won't address their patient that they're assigned to. If it were me, and this is just me, I'm, as I said, I'm not a doctor or anything like that. I'm not saying I would be in this position if I were a doctor. But if I were someone in his position, this is what I would do. And maybe the uh, maybe you out there, maybe you think the same thing. Doctor shows up to your home. I'm looking at that wound. I'm addressing that wound. That's what I'm there for. I really don't care too much about your personal story or whatever it is, or hell, even what you do. I really don't care. That's not my job. I'm there to do my job because you're my patient. I don't care about the rest of that stuff. On top of that, I'm giving you instruction and everyone else that's around instruction on how to care for this wound so it doesn't become infected and you end up in a worse place, especially if you can't get to a hospital because of some BS edicts or whatever it is that they're concocting from this fantasy land that they're all living in. On top of that, I'm leaving behind whatever I have, whatever supplies I've got to address that wound. Here's a couple of days worth of stuff to help keep it clean and to redress. Keep in mind that you have to keep this cleaned. You have to dress it one to two times a day. If there's any swelling, if there's any pain associated with it within 48 to 72 hours, call someone immediately so we can get back out here and take a look at it to make sure it's not infected. You see, that's what you're supposed to do. That's what should be done. Not all oh, that looks pretty bad. Um, yeah, uh, have a nice night. Now, if it were me and I had the authority to do so, I would have stripped that person's medical license immediately. That's not a doctor. I don't know what the hell that is, but that's not a doctor. I might as well just gotten some grifter off the street somewhere. I wish, I wish that I had... Here I am with just a little first aid kit. That's all I got. I got a first aid kit. I got a trauma kit for emergencies. That's it. And some other stuff that I keep on hand just in case. Some saline water, iodine, stuff like that, you know, just in case. Isopropyl alcohol, whatever. The usual. Clean gauze, medical tape, bandages, compresses, chest seals, all the rest of it, you know, tourniquets, just in case, never know. But I wish that I had access to some of the medical supplies that this guy had. I had ac I have no access to anesthetics for obvious reasons. I don't have a medical license. I have no access to uh, any kind of specialized dressings or anything like that. Just whatever I've got on hand, whatever you can buy at the store here or pharmacy. That's all I got. I can't give stitches. Well, I mean, I can give stitches if I have to, but I'm using butterfly tape. But what the hell good? is the supposed medical personnel if you're not going to see any patients because of this this garbage that everyone's living in. These are people that are supposed to be healers. I don't give a damn if there's some plague out there that's killing half the population. You're a doctor. You're on the front lines. You're supposed to be seeing patients regardless. That's what you if signed up for. That's what you signed up for. Absolutely. If you're a paramedic, I'm not refusing calls. You tell me exactly where that person is. Pandemic or no pandemic, I don't care. I took that job to save lives and to help the injured. All right. That was a little taste of how my night was last night. And that's why we had a rebroadcast, because I'm dealing with so-called medical professionals that, quite frankly, they shouldn't even be. They shouldn't even be. I have no use for people like that. And this right here, this, this should be a wake-up call to people. That's why I'm telling this story. This should be a wake-up call, because this is where it's going. If this continues, you will get no help. There is no one coming. Don't sit there and think, oh, that's okay. Donald Trump's going to be back in office in August. Take that down the road and sell it to someone else. I don't care. We have medical facilities in our countries for a reason. They are to be used. What do we pay for them for? There is no other option if these people continue on this path. You will be on your own. Hell, you're on your own now. If you do not know the most basic of medical skills, first aid skills, whatever, CPR, I advise you to learn them as quickly as possible. If you don't have medical supplies in your home, albeit something simple, a first aid kit, a blood pressure cuff, a trauma kit, something, it's not enough to have just those things. You need to know how to use them. I advise you to get these things. Imagine if that storm last night had taken out the electricity. Thank God it didn't. Imagine if it had taken down the grid just for a little while. They're too busy playing politics at the local dispatch to go and see actual people that are injured because of some garbage quarantine thing that they've cooked up 
Now, mind you, the person that I'm talking about here, they were vaccinated. They don't care if anyone was wondering. Imagine if I didn't have any of those supplies to clean up that wound. Imagine if I had to then run out to some pharmacy somewhere or some store to try and get those supplies. Well, the electricity's out. Those stores are not going to be open. If you don't have the most basic of supplies and know how to use them on hand, I suggest you learn and quickly because this is where it's going. There is absolutely positively zero excuse for any of that last night that I dealt with. Zero excuse for that. All right. I will get off my soapbox now, but um, I, I'm sorry. That had to be told. That had to be told. Yeah, and uh, reference to you saying that uh, people should learn. Many places have classes you can take on that. And also, uh, if you're unable to, to attend classes like that, look online. There's videos on YouTube. I know it's Google, but hey, you know, it's there. Yeah, I, I think that it's um, I think that it's important. I mean, we we, we talk about preparedness around here anyway, uh, rather that's food or, or, you know, spare water or, you know, that that usual stuff always keep some medical supplies around, especially uh, especially now uh, for what's being what's going to be coming down the line. Because, I mean, right now, as crazy as things are, things are still somewhat relatively stable, relatively, for the most part, you still have a working infrastructure of some kind, albeit uh, they're busy playing politics when it comes to medical care. So uh, again, this is this is why I encourage you to, uh, to to have these supplies on hand and know how to use them so you can help not only yourself, but others as well. All right, um, let's let's get off this. Uh, I'm sure we will pull a Jen Saki and we'll circle back to that at some point. But uh, let, let's let's switch up here a little bit. Little protest in London over the weekend. Just a little one. Just a little one. I mean, it was it was nothing major. It wasn't too much. Uh, Bruce, as you can see behind me, uh, it was just a just a small little gathering of sorts uh, in in downtown London there. Uh, j- just a small gathering, just a just a few hundred. Uh, well, a few thousand rather uh, that, that united for unity, uh, according to the mainstream media. That was if they even covered it at all. But as you can see there, there's just a just a couple of thousand there. No more than that. No, no more than that. Yeah. It looks like an anthill. Really, it does. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like this stretches for miles and miles and miles and miles through central London. It's it's not like it does that. I mean, I mean, you see more than more than, you know, a couple of hundred people there, don't you? I mean, yeah, you, 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 you can say that. Yeah. Just just a few more. Yeah. Maybe maybe each, you know, frame, maybe uh-huh. you know, about 100 people or, uh-huh. or so. Yeah. 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 Um, the uh, the mainstream media paid no mind uh, to that at all. Uh, really, I mean, it was it, it, there, some estimates are saying uh, it was well over one million that were there. And again, this is a typical play. You know, they're, they're not going to pay any attention to it. They're ignoring it and they're living in their own little bubbles. They're living in their own world. They don't really have much care for anything else. Thousands, this is according to the mainstream media, BBC, Sky News, and all the rest of them, thousands converge on London for an anti-lockdown rally. Uh, Thousands, yeah, uh, thousands. It was largely ignored by the mainstream media. The aim of the latest march was one of the anonymous organizers said beforehand was to broaden the protest's appeal. He says, we've got double vaccinated people turning up to support us. Did you hear that? Though, yeah, those see, those are the people that have figured out at this point that they've been lied to. See, you thought you were doing the right thing for the right reasons. Oh, no, 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 no. You were doing the wrong thing for the wrong reasons. See, the hardest part of convincing someone, it's not even really a matter of sitting down trying to win your argument, because if you do that, then the whole thing just turns into a rigid event. You never get anywhere. But instead, you explain to them rationally as rationally as you can. I know people are on edge these days. You don't have to convince them of anything. It's enough to simply say, hey, do you ever think that you might be getting lied to? Do you ever think that you might be the one that's getting conned here? Do you ever think about that? Sometimes that's enough. The hardest part to get somebody deprogrammed from this is it's not so much you trying to win over your argument. It's the other person's unwillingness to accept the fact that they've been lied to. They don't want to admit that they've been conned. That's what it comes down to. People don't like to admit that. You ever see those man on the street interviews? You know, the ones that uh, go out there. Oh, yeah. Why do we celebrate the 4th of July? Nobody knows. You know, that kind of thing. Or uh, did you hear about uh, John F. Kennedy getting killed this morning? And of course, that happened all the way back in the in the 60s. Did you hear about that? Rather than people, it's the same kind of thing. Rather than people simply admitting that they don't know, they'll just make something up to make it sound like they're not stupid. That's what they do. It's the same thing here. 
It's the same thing here. You don't want to admit that you've been conned. You don't want to admit that you've been lied to. You don't want to admit you've been deceived and you've been hurt by these evil people. You don't want to admit that. That's the hardest part with all this is that right there. You know, I'm still seeing I'm still seeing people on 90 degree days. I'm not even joking. I'm still seeing people in 90 degree days over here driving with all the windows down and a mask on in their car alone. I'm still seeing that, albeit it's a very rare occasion, but I do still see it. We, we, we have places like California that are still requiring indoor masking and they're in a drought. They, they have heat waves upon heat waves there. Yeah, I do have that. We'll get to that here in just a second. But again, you've got some people here that have been double jabbed and they've been attending a lot of these protests. Oh, the establishment doesn't like that because then you're not going to take a third one, are you? You see the Moderna CEO and the Pfizer CEO have both said, oh, we're going to have that variant booster ready for you by third quarter this year. Don't you worry. Is anybody asking for that? Is anybody asking for the first two? I don't think so. The lemmings. Yeah, well, the, the lemmings are, of course. But uh, all right. I mean, you, <laughs> you want to go on with it, you go right ahead. No one's going to stop you. You know, I'm certainly not. Go ahead. You want to walk into those places, you go right ahead. You know, it's still amazing to me. They put up a testing center, a COVID testing center. Now, testing is not required where I am, but they say it's, well, it's, you can get one if you want, right? Now, mind you, they had 500, some, they're, they're averaging like 500 cases a day nationwide here. And yeah, you can still get a test if you want. You know who I see going into the COVID testing centers? Like it's the ones that wear the mask outside. It's them. They're walking into the COVID. This is just what I see personally. They're walking into the COVID testing center. You know who else I see walking into the COVID testing center? The skinny jeans, tongue hanging out of their shoes, thousand dollar iPhone, thousand euro iPhone, whatever, thousand pound iPhone kids. That's who I see walking into the COVID testing center so they can put it up on their Instagram or whatever in the hell it is that they do. That's who I see walking into these places. Uh, back to the rally in England. The rally attracted lots of newcomers including the Church of England curate, Jamie Franklin, who is the host of the Irreverent podcast, who turned up who turned up for the first time ever to a protest march. Well, that's good. You're rallying the Christian community. OK, yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah, get them out there. Got to rally the troops somehow. Yeah, it's about time. Thanks for showing up. We really appreciate that. We've been yelling at you for a couple of years now. He says, I feel that there are vast swaths of society who are not being represented by the government, and I want to be a voice for them. When we see the corruption in the government, it's one rule for them and another rule for everyone else. You don't say. People are sick of this corruption. They can see the immorality. Matt Hancock, <laughs> UK Health Secretary, <laughs> sho shoving his tongue down the throat of whatever, you know, whatever well, it was, AIDS or something, who also happened mm -hmm. to be the sister of a person who was just awarded the largest NHS contract in the country at 323 million pounds just the other day. Just throwing that out there. He goes Nothing on to, to say, yeah, nothing to see here. He goes on to say they can see the lies and they want this to end right now. Hmm. Again, it was only a couple thousand people out there. There's nothing to see. Nothing to see, really. Just just some angry people. You know, they the English, you got to give it to them. They did the tennis ball thing again. They showed up down at uh, the houses of, of uh, Westminster and the Houses of Parliament at Westminster. And they showed up at number 10 and they threw the tennis balls with freedom and some notes written on them. They threw them over the fence. You know, it's amazing. Those politicians, those, those useless scumbags in there, they didn't even bother to come out and read any of them. You believe that? They didn't even bother. Boris didn't even send some people out to collect some of them. I mean, if it were me, if I were in the position of holding an elected office, I would want to know what the people have to say, because I actually give a damn what people say that vote for me. I care what my constituents have to say. I would. So I would want to know. Instead, what did they do? They ignored the people that were out there, the over one million plus that were standing out there. They ignored them. They were standing out there chanting very clear words, traitor, Scum, end the lockdowns, tyrannical fascists, all the usuals, tools of the World Economic Forum. Makes sense. I mean, I don't think any of that's a conspiracy theory at this point. Prove me wrong. But instead of them going out there and collecting some of those tennis balls that had Sharpie messages all over them from uh, the people that were there, instead of doing that, what did they do? They called in the Central Department of Public Works to come down there with giant feed shovels and trash cans and shoveled them all up and threw them in the trash cans and back into the back of the truck and off they went. That's what they think of you. They don't give a damn what you have to say or think. The only thing they care about is how they look on TV and in front of that camera and that you're doing what you're told. That's it. They don't care about anything else. So if you're in Los Angeles, as you brought it up, if you're in Los Angeles, this uh, uh, God, have you seen this public health woman out there? My God, she looks absolutely wretched. 
I mean, she looks like she has had her soul sucked out by Lucifer himself. Tell me I'm wrong. She looks awful. She looks awful. She looks unfulfilled. She looks sad. She looks miserable. And that's the people, that's the kind of people that go into these kinds of jobs because they have no life. They have no fulfillment. They have no will, no drive to want to actually be someone, to be an individual, to be fulfilled. They have no drive to do that. They have no connection to a higher power than them. They have no spiritual fulfillment of a positive nature. I'll just put it that way. Oh, they have a spiritual fulfillment, but it's not the kind of spirit that any of us would be involved in. L.A. County recommends that everyone wear masks indoors, even the fully vaccinated, due to the <clears throat> Delta variant. So those people that went out and got the, the, the jab, um, I'm sure you're probably not listening here, but what were those benefits you got again for getting the jab? Benefits from getting a jab, you say. Benefits. Mm, yeah. You get benefits yeah, from getting a get jab. Benefits. Yeah. Yeah. Really? What, what kind of benefits are those? Are those health mm. benefits? You get health benefits for, for getting a jab? Uh, well... No, not not exactly. Um, I mean, well, yeah, you, you do, actually. You, you do. If your goal is to uh, have a shorter life, yes, you, you do get benefits there. Blood clots, you know, uh, uh -huh. what is it? Uh, uh, heart swelling. I forget what the uh, medical term was for that. Uh, Myocarditis. Yes. I mean, if you want those kind of things, sure. You know, I, I ran across I ran across something this morning. Uh this is a this is a woman who's a dental assistant, or she was. She no longer is. Pro-vaccine. Yeah, she's she's not an anti-vaxxer. Now, I don't know the entire story behind this. I don't know if it was something her employer required her to do, but either way, she went out and she got it. Now, here's a woman who believes in science. She believes in medicine. She believes in the in in good practice and all the rest of it. That's why you get into medicine, supposedly. What, what was it? What was it about your rant earlier? Uh, help people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I do guess. no harm. Yeah. That, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Completely yeah. useless doctor. But anyway, uh, this dental assistant or excuse me, former dental assistant was giving testimony in front of her state legislature. I want you to listen to this woman. This is this is tough to listen to. I, I listen to this. This is tough to listen to. And I, I heard this today and um, I thought we needed to play it here. This is what happened to this poor woman after she had her jab. Listen to this. And since being in such a career, I have always been pro-science and pro-vaccination. Before my vaccination, I was a healthy and active 39-year-old. I enjoyed activities outside, traveling and crafting with my family. I also cherished my work in a very busy pediatric dental office. But it was three days later that my symptoms increased and accelerated. I have tremors in my hands, which has made me leery if I'll ever be able to practice as a hygienist again. And like Cheryl, I am so fearful that I may have some sort of neurological issue after this with Parkinson's. They have ruled out MS, but again, they have not told me that I have anything. They can tell me what I don't have. I have swollen lymph nodes. Brain fog. I had brain fog so extreme that I would be having a conversation with someone and I would black out. Try to come back to that conversation and nothing was there. Swollen lymph nodes, muscle weakness, unexplained skin rashes. I had convulsions and nighttime seizures. I had to have my six-year-old daughter wake me up from a fit in the middle of the night. No six-year-old should have to do that for their parent. I have also experienced thick, clotting, heavy menstrual cycles. I was so afraid that I literally, and I have it with me, I prepared my will and my obituary for my family because I didn't think that I would wake up to the next day. I have reported my symptoms to VSAFE, VAERS, CDC, FDA, Pfizer. I have also sent information to two very well-known research institutes, and I have also reached out to prestigious universities. I've been dealing with this for five months. These past five months, my severe neurological reactions continue to plague me. You were saying, Bruce, about benefits? Well, uh, there you go. There's your list of benefits. One would typically not call those benefits. Um, those typically would be called side effects, reactions, those kind of things. Um, they don't care. 
No. She just said that she reported those things to Pfizer, to uh, the FDA, to the CDC, to VAERS. They don't care. You see, here's an example of a good person who believed that she was doing the right thing for the right reasons. As you heard her, she's pro-science, she's pro-vaccine, went into the, the health field. What I find fascinating about all this is, and I'm not blaming her, I'm just saying in general here, I'm just kind of putting an umbrella over this entire thing with the medical establishment. What I'm fascinated by with all of this, not just in the dental uh, field, but in in the medical field in general, I'm going to cover all bases here, is the amount of ignorance surrounding this. I'm not a doctor. I'm not in the medical field. I'm I'm not a scientist or anything like that. I can read data. I can read. I understand how to read. I understand how to comprehend. I understand how to add. I'm an investigator by trade. That's how this stuff works. You piece things together based on the data you have that you can extrapolate before you and you can come to a conclusion. Honestly, I would argue that an average person could do this. Like you don't need any special skills. All you need to do is understand math and be able to comprehend uh, reading. Uh, Correct. That's it. And we do need some help from time to time with the like the the scientific terminology. We we do have to look a lot of stuff up. Yeah, because I I look at words that I didn't even know existed in the English language when it comes to some of these research papers. I mean, this is some heavy stuff. But when you get it translated into layman's terms, I mean, sometimes we have to run some of this stuff past GP because he understands all that stuff. And he's like, okay, so basically they're saying uh, if you do this, then you cough. (laughs) So it's like sometimes it's as simple as that. But you know how they are in the scientific world. They just put it together in, in this crazy way. You don't understand it. But Again, it's the the amount of ignorance that's surrounding this. Like I said, what I dealt with last night, this, this supposed doctor that's coming around, that person buys this hook, line, and sinker. All of it. All of it. That's a doctor. You know, there's a veterinarian that's just around the corner from me. Doesn't buy any of it. You've got people that buy into it 110%, and you've got people that don't buy into it at all. There's nothing in the middle here. I know people that were lining up in the medical field, personally, that were lining up before the vaccines were even available to get it. Most of them are under the impression, uh, and I've heard this from people that, not firsthand, this this comes to me secondhand, I've heard from people that personally know physicians, and they don't even know, the ones that they speak to, they don't even know that this is not approved. They don't understand the difference between emergency authorization and approval. And I bet this poor woman was misled the same way. You know, Bruce, you mentioned something there about... You don't even have to have a specialty in, in certain fields to be able to to work all this stuff out and figure this stuff out. I heard an interesting statistic this afternoon on my drive home. According to the U.S. Census, 3% of Americans, right? Now, this is just America, obviously, because we did the census there. 3%, an estimated 3% of Americans hold library cards. 3%. Of those 3%, 50% of them, so 1.5% of Americans that actually hold library cards, only use the library to read entertainment, if that makes sense. So basically nonfiction material, that kind of stuff. One and a half percent, according to the census, one and a half percent of America actually hold library cards and will go to a library and actually research things. One and a half percent. The person I was listening to give this statistic was an old homicide investigator who now runs a... um, uh, now runs his own uh, broadcast every day. And so I, I, I'm fascinated by the work uh, and the people he has on. And he said all the years that he was doing homicide investigations, obviously you're in a lot of people's homes when you're doing homicide investigations, especially in a big city or you're being contracted privately to, to do uh, homicide investigations as a private investigator around the country, and in some cases the world. But this gentleman was in a lot of people's homes, thousands and thousands of people's homes. And he said very seldomly, he could probably count on maybe one, possibly two hands in decades of going into people's homes and investigating crimes, decades, people don't even have their own libraries in their own homes. They don't even have their own books. Maybe this is what it all comes down to. I remember as a kid, obviously you knew doctors in town growing up. I mean, I come from a small town. You knew doctors in town. You knew nurses in town, things like that. Nurses knew other nurses, doctors knew other doctors, and so on and so forth. Every single doctor that I ever met personally that invited me to their home, I always saw medical books in their home. Always. I always saw a study or, or something where they had, when they were giving me a tour of their, their beautiful homes, they always had a study of some sort. Now, I don't know if it was just for show or what, but typically when you go into somebody's home, a medical professional's home, and they have a study and they actually use it, there's open books all over the place because they're bookmarking here, they're writing this down here, they're working on a paper here. That's what I saw growing up as a kid. I wonder how many of them do that now. You would have to, honestly, 
I, I think you would have to go into like their electronic devices and see if they have any kind of books there. Because most nowadays, that, that's where it's at, is it's on digital record now. And those can be easily manipulated by the, the companies that put the books out. So, and it's not even, it's not even the, the companies that publish the book. It's the companies like, you know, Amazon, for example, that you buy the, they can go in and edit it. Like they have that level of access. So, or they just remove the book completely. Typically in that scenario, typically they don't remove it from people that have already purchased it because there's a legal backlash that'll happen there, but they have the ability to do that. All that to say, you know, I, I remember my parents and grandparents talking about when they were in school, uh, there was a time where y- you would get a library card, right? They would teach you how to get a library card and, and go and get a library I had card. One. I had to learn how to use my card catalog do system, Dewey Decimal System, all the rest of it. Well, we learned how to do that stuff, but we never got a library card, never did any of that kind of thing in, in my school. It, we were, I was kind of the last generation, if you will, that... I remember, I think it was sixth grade year or seventh grade year, one of those two, uh, my school got a computer lab. So I I think it was my sixth grade year. So everything was starting to go digital and everything was starting to go that direction uh, when when I was in school. So I was kind of the last ones, like elementary school, I learned about the Dewey Decimal System and all that. And then after that, it was pretty much computers. You probably didn't even have a chance to work through uh, microfilm, did you? Um, Yes, but not from school. Ah, yeah, we had microfilm labs. So if you wanted to, as part of your research, if you were doing a report on something, if you wanted to, uh, you wanted to actually put something together and you wanted physical representations, then you had to uh, go down to the archives and, uh, and pull it. And there would be a microfilm room just off of the, uh, the library thing. And it would be, you know, you'd have your own system for that, too. So, yeah, I've only seen that because of ancestral research kind mm-hmm. of situations going oh, back to old papers and all kinds of stuff like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Speaking of medical doctors and being aware of what's going on, Senator Rand Paul, who's been quite proficient about uh, taking Fauci to the woodshed on purpose. And quite frankly, I, I think that as much as I love Rand Paul, man, he is too nice. He is too nice. But he kind of uh, he kind of affirms and I'm just going to play this here. This is this is him. He, this just kind of affirms here a little bit uh, about and I'm not yanking our own chain here, but we're right on target when we say that these people don't care. They don't care about data. They don't care about your vaccination. They don't care. Whatever. That's not a vaccination. They don't care about any of that stuff. They don't care that masks don't work. They're doubling down. They don't admit fault. They always double down. It's a signature of totalitarians. They never admit fault. They always double down. Governments, same way, never admit fault, always double down. Senator Rand Paul, listen to this. It's hard to tell why you know the former president of the AMA wouldn't know this knowledge. When you're there, though, it's kind of like a pep rally. It's a pep rally for getting everybody to take the vaccine, why everybody should do it. It's not a... Uh, thoughtful presentation about these are the risks and benefits and this is why you know your risks of the disease are much greater there's such a strong case for that over 65 or overweight and over 40 there's a strong case the disease is much worse than any kind of thing you could get from the vaccine even if there are complications from the vaccine when you get down to 10 years of age 12 15 20 25 the death rate's one in a million so they have a much greater burden and they shouldn't just tell us don't think about it get vaccinated. That's what they're doing. So they're not wanting to think about natural immunity. They don't even read any of the articles. They don't even collect the statistics. When Dr. Fauci's been asked how many people have been vaccinated, already had the disease first, he has no idea. Well, wouldn't you want to study that? Because we've vaccinated so many people now. What if we vaccinated 50 million people who already had it? They all seem to do okay, but guess what? They all had worse side effects. And we measured a bunch of them, and it turns out they had enough immunity after one vaccine, not two. There are a lot of scientists who are recommending if you're going to be vaccinated after you already had it, you probably only need one. That's probably without a doubt true. Nobody even looks at the science. The people in government aren't even even bothering to look because their head is in the sand. It's like, everybody just do the same. Just do as you're told. Your thoughts? Wow. Thanks for tooting our bugle for us. Like, uh, I mean, that that's literally everything we've been saying uh, about it. I would go a step further and, and say 25 wouldn't be the uh, end of the list there. I would keep going to 30 and 40 and uh, maybe 50 um, because uh, the, the side effects we're seeing in people, for example, 30 and below from the vaccines are far worse than what uh, the, the virus itself was. So 
you know, um, I and my relatives that are my age, we've all decided we ain't we ain't taking the vaccine. You've already uh, had it. No way. Yeah. Well, I and and one of my family members have already had it, and I, I think some of my other family members have as well. But even taking one vaccine, like uh, Rand Paul was talking about there, I wouldn't even do that after having it. I'd, no. And besides that, the the side effects for the vaccine, the the risks are far greater than what the virus will do. Uh, so in my age group. So I'll take my chances with the virus. Thanks. And on top of that, we're looking at over 6,000 dead. That's just that we know of that we can report from the VAERS system. 6,000 dead from the vaccine. That's not cases that haven't been logged through them. I'm sure the numbers are a lot higher than that. If they're only reporting 6,000, then that means th those are just within... Uh, like, what is it? Uh, is it 24 hours or something? Initially, it was 15 minutes. 15 and then minutes? they've kind of expanded that a little bit because uh, they got some backlash. And I think they're up to uh, it's either it's either five days or a week now, I, I think is the, the the basic standard they're going by. Mm -hmm. Well, again, uh, back to uh, back to that. It's head in the sand. It's do as you're told. He says it's like a pep rally. And that's what it is. You know, I heard Tulsi Gabbard actually describe it as that it's pretty much that way up on the hill anyway, is it's like high school study hall. Everyone's sitting in there around in their little cliques and everyone's gossiping and all the rest of it. Everyone's got their little clubs and everything else, their little committees, you know, that substitutes for the little clubs or whatever. And if you're not in the cool kids club, quote, if you're not in the cool kids club, then you don't get anything. You don't get anything. You're a, you're a nobody and you pretty much don't get endorsed by the party and you're one and done and you're out. So head in the sand. Well, you could pretty much consider L.A. to be that, couldn't you? L.A. County officials are urging people to wear masks indoors in settings such as grocery and retail stores, theater and family entertainment centers and workplaces when you don't know everyone's vaccination status. But yeah, that's my response to that. That finger you just held up there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But people don't even care about your vaccination status. Clearly, they're saying here especially when you don't know everyone's vaccination status in the workplace, but yet they're saying even the fully vaccinated need to wear masks. So it makes that part of their their little edict there irrelevant. Hell, the whole edict's irrelevant. Now, you might ask, what has been the the reason to, uh, how did Boris Johnson put it? Throw the circuit breaker. Yeah, that's yeah, real cute on that one. What's prompted this um, this uh, thing. And I think, honestly, it's it's Newsom playing politics and it's the Democrat Party playing politics. See, Newsom said he was going to remove all of the covid restrictions and the mandates. All that was going to be gone. And then 48 hours later, this whatever this thing is at the public health department stepped up and said, no, 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 no. No, we, we got to reinstate all this stuff immediately. This looks like a woman who has absolutely no personal life whatsoever. She looks like she goes home every night to sit down and watch Lifetime with her 10 cats. And I'm not knocking people that have 10 cats. Now, you might ask, what prompted this? Three deaths and 259 cases. That's enough to lock down millions of people. That's what they did in, what was it, Victoria, Australia? They had, what was it, like 24 yeah. cases or something? And they locked down 7 million people? I could be wrong yeah. on that. One, maybe one of our Aussie listeners could drop us an email at tipsofdynamicindependence.com and clue us in as to what's going on down there. Would really appreciate that. It's very difficult to get information out down there. So officials wrote in a statement, until we better understand how and to who the Delta variant is spreading, everyone should focus on maximum protection with minimum interruption to routine as all businesses operate without other restrictions like physical distancing and capacity limits. How about you shut your mouth and go take a hiatus? How about that? Go lay on Venice Beach or something. Chill out for a little while. We don't need you anymore. You proved your uselessness last year. We don't need any more of it. Officials added, officials, yeah, officials. I, I would argue these people are officially nothing, to be honest. Officials added that fully vaccinated people appear to be well protected from infections with the Delta variants. Then why are you telling them to wear masks? is if those things even work. Those things do the square root of nothing. New German study out just the other day, which we can kind of go over that a little bit here now, if you like. And I'm, I'm not going to go over the whole thing because we just don't have time, but just the abstract part of it. All right. Again, masks. We're talking about masks because they reference masks here. Oh, uh, well, you need to wear masks indoors, even if you're fully vaccinated, right? The World Health Organization saying the same thing. You need to wear masks, even if you're fully vaccinated. You don't want to be too careless. You don't want to be too careless. Well, what's out in the study that uh, that the German institution did? They took a little bit different approach on this one. 
They say many countries introduced the requirement to wear masks in public spaces for containing SARS-CoV-2, making it commonplace in 2020. Up until now, there has been no comprehensive investigation as to the adverse health effects masks can cause. Well, that's what they did here. They actually studied this, which is a little bit different direction than what most take. Okay. Which we've looked at studies and gone over studies from various institutions, various universities. And these are peer-reviewed, by the way. They like to beat you over the head with peer-reviewed studies and evidence-based and science-based and database all day long. But when it's contradictory to the political agenda that they're pushing, they don't want to hear it. Just like Rand Paul said, Senator Paul said, head in the sand. It's like a pep rally. They don't care. And again, they don't care about this. There was a study last week saying that asymptomatic people can't spread anything. PCR tests are not an effective way to prove that someone's infected. That was peer-reviewed. It was certified by the University of Duisburg in Germany. They don't care. So the aim of this study was to find, test, and evaluate, and compile scientifically proven related side effects of wearing masks. For a quantitative evaluation, 44 mostly experimental studies were referenced, and for a substantive evaluation, 65 publications were found. So see, they've compared it to the other research that's been published as well to make sure that all their bases were covered. The literature revealed relevant adverse effects of masks in numerous disciplines. In this paper, we refer to the, listen to this, psychological and physical deterioration as well as multiple symptoms described because of their consistent, recurrent, and uniform presentation from different disciplines as a mask-induced exhaustion syndrome. They've actually come up with a new term for it, M-I-E-S, mask-induced exhaustion syndrome. We objectified evaluation evidence changes in respiratory physiology of mask wearers with significant correlation of O2 drop, that's oxygen, and fatigue, a clustered co-occurrence of respiratory impairment, difficulty breathing, and O2 drop of 67%, a 67% oxygen deprivation level to your body. With an N95 mask, you pit that against a CO2 level. You're looking at an 82% increase in CO2. Isn't that that gas that they say is killing everybody? Isn't that what they say? Yeah. Killing the planet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think it's doing to you? Mm. Now, an N95, as compared to an O2 saturation, you're looking at a 72% drop in O2 saturation. Your O2 intake has been reduced by 72% when you're wearing an N95 mask. Your CO2 consumption has been increased by 82%. 60% of the time, people that wear N95 masks develop a headache. Respiratory impairment and temperature rise was up 88%. But also temperature rise and moisture, guess what that number was? 100% of the time under the masks. Conclusion, this is the most important part of the paper. Extended mask wearing by the general population could lead to relevant effects and consequences in many medical fields. This is exactly what we said nearly two years ago. Masks cause more problems than they supposedly fix. The cure has become worse than the disease. This is what was supposed to be avoided, was this. But again, we have our heads in the sand. We don't care. That's hard data right there. That's peer-reviewed. That's published. That's evidence-based. That's science-based. That's data-based. They don't care. All right, let's talk here the last couple of minutes on, uh, on travel. I heard a statistic this afternoon. Airline passenger bookings are down 580% this summer. Now, that could be from a couple of things. The reason I heard that that was is because the airlines don't have enough crew to staff the planes. That's what I heard. There's a few things going on here. I'm not traveling right now. I'm not going anywhere near these airports with all this ridiculous garbage in place. I'm I'm not doing it. I'm not going to sit there and watch people go through that garbage because of some sick political agenda. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. As a matter of fact, I'll, I'll go a step further than that. Those of you in politics and in public office that are pushing that, I'll tell you what, I'm not interested in what you have to say about some COVID pass or or whatever, or some uh, proving your stuff. I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in what you have to say about that. The only thing I'm interested in you saying to someone like me is, yes, I'll go quietly. Yes, I know I'm under arrest. That's all I'm interested in. The only thing I have to say to you people in politics, I don't have to go out and write my saying or, or write freedom on a tennis ball and toss it over a, a, government, uh, a government fence next to a government building. That's not my style. If people out there want to go out and protest, that's their God-given right to do so. I support them all the way for it because it's peaceful. They're not damaging your property. They could be throwing bricks over those things. They could be throwing rocks over those things. They could be throwing Molotov cocktails over those things, but they're not. 
They're throwing tennis balls. So I applaud them for that. They're peaceably voicing their redress of grievances to an illegitimate government body. That's what they're doing. And I support them for it. Maybe not me per se, but maybe so. Depends on how things are going to go. But the only thing I'm interested in in telling any of these people that sit in these offices is you're under arrest for crimes against humanity. That's the only thing I have to say to you people at this point. And you will go. You will go quietly and you will be held in a jail cell until your trial. Now, back to what I was saying. The airports are pretty much ghost towns as they are now. So I can pretty much say, I mean, hell, Frankfurt Airport is not very far from me. And last week that place was, I mean, hell, there was tumbleweeds blowing through the place. I mean, there was nothing. There was nothing. But I still see, I'm on the flight line here. I still see planes going over. So my guess is those are ghost flights. Like the airlines have to fly, even if there's no one on there, because if they don't, then they lose their gates. They lose their terminals at other places. So they have to fly. So my guess is, is they're flying. But I heard a couple of things. One, I heard that the airlines are not being staffed, but that could be for a couple of reasons. We'll get into that in a second. The other reason I think is because people don't want to go through the stuff. They don't want to go through the whatever, the getting jabbed, the, the proving your, your testing or whatever. Think about this. You show up at an airport two hours before your flight or whatever in hell it is. You have to socially distance in line. And then after you go through all of that, then you have to get onto the airplane and you're packed in there like sardines. Does that make any sense to anybody? Who wants to go through that? So you can throw out COVID passports all day long. If people aren't taking them, then that's not going to work. They'll go about it in another way if that doesn't work. Don't think they're going to stop there. So I think it's one of two things. I think people are not traveling. I think that's what it is. I, I think that's whatever's going on. I know that people aren't traveling because the airport's, the airport's vacant. They do a million passengers a day up there, almost. And the place has got tumbleweeds blowing through it. You can't tell me people are traveling. You can't tell me that. That's one of the busiest airports in the world. I've been to Frankfurt, to London, to Chicago in one day. Believe me, that was the longest day of my life. And I'll never do it again. I've been to these big airports. I know the kind of traffic that go through these things. The other reason I heard is that, as I said, the, the airline companies don't have enough staff. Now, why is that? Why don't they have enough staff? I've heard a couple of reasons. One is some of the airline companies are requiring that their employees get jabbed before they can do that. But then again, the airlines are now coming out telling people not to fly because of a fear of a blood clot from people that have been vaccinated. So if you've been vaccinated, don't get on an airplane because we don't know what that's going to do at a pressurized uh, in a pressurized cabin at 36,000 feet. So don't fly. OK, but you can't fly unless you get jabbed in some cases. Uh, OK, so get jabbed or you can't fly. But after you're jabbed, we recommend that you don't fly. Yeah, this makes a lot of sense. We covered it very briefly last week, and I don't know if there's any correlation to this. I don't know if it's connected or anything, but you can't tell me that there's something right about this. Four British Airways pilots, four of them all got vaccinated. And within a week, all four of them were dead. And British Airways say that there's no link between their deaths and the vaccine. You explain that one to me. What else could it have been? Well, because it happened a week later and it wasn't within 24 to 48 hours, we can't report it. Is it the fact that the airlines, and I'm just asking the question, is it the fact that the airlines are telling people not to fly that have been vaccinated because they don't know if it's going to cause a blood clot or not? So you don't have the people that have been vaccinated that's been required by the airline to get on a plane, the crew, the flight crew, the stewardesses, the stewards, all of it. The ground crew, even. You have to be vaccinated to load and unload a plane? I don't know. But something is is definitely stifling the travel industry. And, and I don't know what it is. I, I don't know if it's from those reasons that I mentioned. I don't know if it's something else. I, I don't know. The only thing I know is for certain is people are not traveling. There was a plane that, carried, that, that could carry 500 people that flew in here the other day, picked up somebody that was on it from Rio de Janeiro. There were four people on that plane. Four. So you can't tell, and that was coming from South America. You can't tell me that people are traveling. I actually have a family member on on the road right now traveling, mm -hmm. and um, I just shot him a message to see how bad the roads are, just to see if the roads are busy. Here. If it's, if it's I have a feeling it's not. I really don't know what to say to it. I don't know if people are. I don't know if I, I don't know what it is. I, I I'm not sure. Maybe it's people have uh, have a sense of uh, a sense of the unknown. I, I don't know, but. I do know that me personally, I'm not interested in a vacation. I'm not interested in a vacation right now. Even and even if I did go on a vacation right now, I wouldn't have a good time. I'm I'm kind of the same way. I, I I wouldn't do good on a vacation. I'm not really a vacation person anyway. So I don't mind going places, but I'm not gonna deal with all the garbage when I go. I'm not gonna do it. It's bad enough dealing with it now. You have to go through 
all of this other stuff. You got to follow all these other edicts and everything when, when you get down to these other places. What good is it? Explain to me. It's like they're they're saying, as, as Senator Paul was saying, they're, they're telling people, well, don't question it. Just do it. Just do what we tell you. No, no, I don't think so. I'm not interested in that. I told you what I was interested in. I'm interested in slapping handcuffs on these these pieces of human filth. That's what I'm interested in. I'm interested in putting them before a court of law and letting the justice system have them. That's what I'm interested in. When a government body tells me to do something or not to worry about something or my response is the opposite, uh, I, I can't trust any of them. Uh, and, and, you know, it's made my, my, um, cynicism towards those groups has, um, only been, uh, uh, justified and validated over the last year. Uh, so I won't be trusting them or listening to them at least, you know, uh, for these types of things. There, there, there are situations where, uh, I would be willing to trust because we don't have access to it as, as the public, such as, um, if there were say a nuclear missile on the way, a ballistic missile. Okay. Uh, you know, we don't have a way of proving or disproving that as a civilian populace. We don't have the tech to do that. So something like that, I would be more inclined to believe because that's defense. That's what I expect them to do. Yes and no. I tend to agree with you, but here's my issue with it. Right now, these people have less than a 0% uh, legitimacy rating, in my humble opinion, at least with me personally. I really don't care what these people have to say. I told you the only thing I'm interested in. I have a one-track mind of slapping cuffs on these people, uh, and and I'm in full support of anybody that wants to do it. Legally, legally, I might add, don't go out there and do something stupid, because that's what they want you to do. I'm interested in letting the justice system actually prevail here. That's what I'm interested in. I'm interested in the German lawyer, Dr. Fulmish and his legal team putting together Nuremberg too. I'm interested in that. That's what I want to see happen. I want to see these people tried and convicted under that. We're going to need a new court system to try these people. It's going to happen. Whether that's in the immediate term or the long term, doesn't matter. These people will go down for this. They will. It's just a matter of time. But... It's a matter of getting enough people in a position where they understand what's going on, because nearest I can tell right now, to circle back to how we let off tonight, the people that should be in the know are absolutely clueless on everything. And these are the people we're supposed to depend on to inform us as to the right medical decisions. Nah. No. By the way, I was uh, kind of skimming through. Uh, we we actually have reports of heart inflammation after the vaccine, both one and two doses, was higher than expected for the military. Um, they were actually seeing a lot more cases than they were expecting for that. And um, mm. huh, go figure. Right. I want to uh, I want to end on this one. And, you know, we we look into the work that's uh, Raheem Kassam and Natalie Winters do over at the National Pulse. They have done some absolutely stellar research in recent times in connection with all of this stuff with Fauci and EcoHealth Alliance and the World Health Organization and Google and Facebook and uh, the Wuhan lab and the Chinese Communist Party and links to the PLA and these American corporations, American academia, all the rest of it. I mean, and they back it up with receipts. They do fantastic work. Uh, and I, I think they're I think they're phenomenal. But I wanted to end here on this. And this is just to give a little bit because I want to I want to go over this report that they have released and I want to talk about it tomorrow. Uh, and this is going to be a good one. Uh, Bruce, we're going to have to we're going to have to dig into this one. Uh, but I, I want to break down what they've done here. I don't know the details of it yet. I'm going to go pull it after we get done here today. Uh, but this is Raheem Kassam talking about it on Steve Bannon's podcast just the other day about what they have uncovered now. Take a listen to this. Just after this show, the National Pulse will publish. I will give you some keywords that uh, this story contains. Hunter Biden, pandemic, Peter Daszak, and the Wuhan lab. And money. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, money. Um, we, well, Natalie Winters once again has, has found uh, yet another, almost too good to be true, uh, smoking gun. Uh, but it is true. Um, Hunter Biden is has been involved with um, a lot of these firms working in and around the pandemic, linked okay. directly to Peter Daszak and the Wuhan lab. We'll have that story yeah. up in just a few this minutes. Is the, this is the, uh, the weaponization of, of the virus. I got to tell you, the Bidens, let's be blunt, the Bidens sold their country out for Chinese Communist Party money. 
taken off the sweat of the brow of La Beijing. The slave labor of China was the excess cash, the capital that the Bidens got. They sold their country out and they sold the Chinese people out to the transnational criminal organization, Chinese Communist Party. And that is the report we will look at tomorrow. I'm interested in Hunter Biden's involvement in all of this. That's one name we haven't heard in any of this yet. So I'm curious as to what they've come up with. And we'll go over that tomorrow. It'd be uh, it'd be a fun dive. Uh, sarcasm meant there. Mm-hmm. It, it's just it's it's a pleasure going through the Biden's um, uh, history and finding out um, all the wonderful dealings they had with China and Ukraine. And yeah. And, you know, uh, Bannon there, he, he summed it up pretty well. He says the Bidens took Chinese Communist Party money. They sold us out. Oh, yeah, they did. We've been saying that for a long time. They sold us out. They sold the Chinese people themselves out to the same people. So again, we'll go over that tomorrow. (laughs) Come on, man. All right. For those of you who have not signed up to our Telegram channel, get over there, get signed up to us. We put out all of our podcasts we do here every day. And we also put out an exclusive podcast just to our Telegram subscribers once a week. You also get access to our news feed and our comment section over there as well. Drop in a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Also, you can reach out to us anytime that you would like by dropping us an email at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and associates. We are trying to grow, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along. And we thank those of you who have. We would really appreciate that. We are available everywhere you get your podcasts. Also, if you're rating podcast, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, we'd appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that will do it. Thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.